0: Five double A nights with Matthew Pantelis.
1: Meantime, let's talk some tech with Richard Pascoe, Adelaide Tech Guy. G'day, Richard. Hi, Matthew. Sorry, I'm not in the studio. No, you? that's fine. I'm glad you're uh, you're well and all of that. Um, yep. And of course, anyone with questions for you, Adelaide Tech Guy, eight double two three double o double and you'll be able to help them over the phone. Let's talk about Star Trek. I was never a fan. Well, not so much not a fan. I just never got into it, uh, never watched an episode or a movie or anything. But oh, good heavens. I know. I've seen all the Star Wars, but the, the kids as well. None of us uh, have been into Star Trek. I don't know why that is. It just happened. It's not, you know, didn't like it yeah. or just just happened. No that's, no, that's
0: fine. I was a reasonable Star Trek fan. The reason I'm bringing it up yeah. is after Rick Curie's article in the advertisement this morning yeah. saying we should rename the state to the Enterprise. <laughs> which was just one of the ships on the Star Trek. So. Yes. But what I thought I'd, I'd work that into, I've, I've got six ways that Star Trek actually predicted the future. Really? Yes. So so I thought it was quite interesting. So tablets were used during Star Trek. So there was a show called Star Trek Deep Space Nine long before iPads, mm. long before the iPhones, and they had a thing on there which looked Pretty much like an iPad, but they called it the Portal Auxiliary Data Display, mm. and it was used to review data. Correspondent to literary paraphernalia sounds like an iPad, doesn't it?
1: It does. Yeah. Yeah. So they—that's one. Okay.
0: <laughs> Bluetooth headphones. Yeah. Back in the nineteen sixties, when Star Trek first came out, um, Lieutenant Uhura communicated with people around the ship wirelessly. Mm. She was using a Bluetooth headphone, which we did not have back then.
2: Wow. There's also
0: virtual assistants because they're always talking to the computer on the ship because they say computer do this and that. Yeah, yeah. Um, automated translation programs, they always run into aliens and the computer would have to translate it for them. Uh-huh. Flat screen TVs yeah. were done on that before you know before we ever saw them. And um, they always used flip phones, which they were their communicators. So I it just it's wow. just a fun way to um, pay a bit of attention to Rick's jury's articles. Well, so well, well, I the- don't...
1: Those TVs we just would have uh, assumed they were uh, cathode what are they called? Cathode ray TV set right. back set back into the wall. <laughs> yeah, but no, they were quite flat on the ship oh, right. okay.
0: and, uh, So you know, I just thought it was quite yeah interesting. So yeah, I, but I don't uh, think we should make
1: South Australia Enterprise. No, anymore. no, no. I don't think so either. I mean, look, that's if right. you go back. Dick Tracy he had the eye I- watch, didn't he? Essentially, that's right. And yeah, uh, good old Max, Maxwell Smart had the shoe phone.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, but they didn't catch on that well so yeah. No,
1: that's <laughs> right <laughs> but, but good story, it was a mobile at least um, Electric cars And the Isle of Wight story Now, what's going on here?
0: So, Isle of Wight Must be quite good on electric cars mm-hmm. So it's probably a bit of a warning as they probably Roll out here, so some hackers Actually on the Isle of Wight came up with an Ingenious way for folks to pass the time At the charging station, which they've got A couple of over there while filling up their Electric car so what they did was they took over the charges, and when you plugged your phone, plugged your car—oh, sorry, plug your phone, plug your car in—and adult content came up on a TV screen <laughs> for all of them.
1: <laughs> oh no, kids stay in the car.
0: <laughs> exactly right. So there's a population of about one hundred forty-one thousand people on the island. They've got three charging ports. So, and believe it or not, it wasn't a hard job for them to go along and, and basically hack in. Um, But unfortunately, Matthew, some council members were not impressed and they're trying to make an effort to make sure that all the explicit images are being covered up.
1: Right, right, all right. Okay, (laughs) not much to say about that. Well, there is, but I can't say it here.
0: Exactly right. So we've cleaned up immensely. (laughs) Uh,
1: Australia Border Force searched 822 phones in 2021 despite having no power to demand passcodes.
0: I still, think this is an incredible story. So you know, it, it, there was a Senate uh, inquiry about this. But there is actually no legal compulsion for a traveller to b- provide a password or a passcode, or provide assistance to get into an electronic device at the border. It's a bit different, Matthew, if you're going through the United States, and we we brought this up a, a fair while ago. Mm. In the United States, it's a requirement of you to basically give them uh, any access they want to your device. So they can look at your social media accounts, what you've got on your device over there. Um, But over here, you know, you don't really have to do it. But if you refuse to comply, then they they consider that a high risk to the border. Then they can seize your device for further examination. Good luck if you've got a passcode on it. They're not getting in. Um, And there is no time limit for how long the device is going to be held for, but the policy is to keep devices for no longer than 14 days unless it would take longer to examine the device. Wow. So they're saying a phone would only be seized where officers suspect that it has special fortified goods such as um, illegal pornography, terrorism-related material, and media that has been all be refused classification. Mm. Um, in the United States, if you're a business traveller, a lot of the times, and, and they say, we want to get into your computer, and you've, you've password protected, you do go just take it, I've got everything backed up, and your remote wiped your computer. Right. Because you don't know what they're doing to that device. And that's probably the big thing about, you know, people getting their phones seized on the border. I mean, if you're a criminal, I I think you should have your phone taken away. Yeah. But there should be a legal obligation to go along and do that when they're not trying to bluff people into going along and doing it. So I think, you know, it's part of the thing where laws, I think, have got to be tightened up for this sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Although, you know, I mean, you're right. If you're a criminal, you deserve it. But uh, yeah. I, I've got nothing to fear. Uh, for instance, if it was me and I was stopped coming back into Australia by border force and they want to have a look at the phone, well, oh, have no. a look at it. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Nothing, lock nothing yourself, on it. Knock
0: yourself out yeah. for it. Yeah. But a lot of people out there don't want to give it up.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I understand that too. Yeah, it's anyway, it's interesting, interesting. Hey, AJ has uh, texted through. He says, "Richard, what are your thoughts on Oppo in terms of phone longe- longe- longevity, longevity, that's better, yeah. and compared to the big names, Apple and Samsung?"
0: Apple would probably be the top uh along with Samsung for how long their phones last. Mm. You know, the moment we've still got iPhone 6s running around that are still working, We're up to the iPhone 13. Oppo's, um, I've had some clients have had some problems with Oppo phones. Um, you know, they that, that might be all right for two to three years. They're probably about all I'd use them for. They're not a long-term thing. Mm. So a lot, a lot of Android phones, I think, are only basically good for three years because that's when the updates stop coming through. And that's when they can be vulnerable out there to, you know, to things he might do on your phone.
1: Mm. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, again, security-wise, Apple's probably number one for that, isn't
0: it? Oh, by a country mile at the moment.
1: Mm. Hopefully it stays that way. Um, exactly
0: right. I've yeah. got to say that the, the brand-new Samsungs are very, very good along with the Google Pixel phones, but they're not quite at the um, Apple status yet.
1: Okay. What what is that about Apple? Is it because they're, uh, well, I don't know what, they don't have websites, they're their their own company? I mean, Google, is, I suppose, is a bit that way, but they're they're more prone to being hacked, aren't they?
0: They are different sort of operating systems. So what happens is uh, on the Apple side of things, and this applies to their computers, their smartphones, is that things are sandboxed, Mm. which means if you install something, it goes into one spot, and if the operating system doesn't like you trying to install it, it basically won't install it. That cross-check is not on, um, like, Android phones or Windows computers out there. Right. So it can be installed. And the problem with the Android operating system is, is is that Apple control the hardware and the software. The only thing that's done on the Android side is the Google Pixel because they make the phone and the hardware but what happens is that Google market, not market, or farm off the Android software to everybody out there, mm. um, then they can put their own changes on it. So it basically alters the, the, the basis of Android out there when they go along and change it, and it's about them to make it a bit more secure for you. Okay. But in a lot of cases, it just doesn't, doesn't seem to happen out there, Matthew.
1: Mm. Interesting. Hey, Richard, we will take a quick break at 16 past nine. Talking with Richard Pascoe, Adelaide tech guy who is uh, on the line. And Richard Teresa says, I have a Motorola razor flip phone. It works well, but I have a crack in the screen. Know of anyone who can fix it?
0: You're going to have to shop it around just mm. to see if anybody can. So a lot of the...
1: Um, well, invent uh, a time machine and go back to the 1990s. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say yeah. So some of
0: the, um, uh, the shops in the malls, Mm-hmm. Uh, but take it with you. Just see if they can fix it. Say so, yes, yeah. or go
1: back ten years. <laughs> yes, exactly. Good, good <laughs> luck, yeah. Teresa. Uh, if you find out, let us know. Incidentally, if you do get it fixed somewhere, it'd be good to know to be able to tell people that as well. So, um, oh
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So it'd be good, good antique, to find
0: antique out. phone repair shop.
1: yes, that's it. Uh, Graham Alexander Bell Proprietary Limited. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he can help. Uh, Laura's on the line. Good day, Laura.
3: Hi, I just wanted to find out, I'm looking at buying a Mac here, and I wanted to know whether they're worthwhile the buying, because they're quite expensive, and also um, which size I should be getting.
2: Mm.
0: Sorry, what are you buying? An Apple Mac. An Apple oh, yeah. Mac. Yeah, what you, first of all, what are you going to do on it?
3: Um, just basic um, computer things and just accounting.
0: Right, so you're not going to be editing videos or anything on there? No. Do you want a laptop or a desktop?
3: Um, laptop,
0: laptop. A MacBook Air is all you need. You don't need the Pro at all. MacBook Air, very very powerful device. Um, you're not going to do anything to basically strain it at all. So yeah, MacBook Air will do you. Be a wonderful device for you.
3: And which sizes? Two sizes.
0: There is. I would get. If it was me, I would get the. Um, do you store many photos?
3: Um. Yeah. Quite a few photos.
0: Right, so get a large hard drive put in it.
3: Okay, the, you know, the large.
0: So you can go. You can go along, and you know, basically, they they can build you one. So you can order it, order it on the website, um, and then they'll they'll basically build it, and send it to you in a couple of weeks. You don't have to go into the back store to go
3: along and buy it. Terrific. Okay, thank you very much All for your right.
1: time. Good on so, you, Laura. Good luck. Um, <clears throat> talking of uh, storage, Richard, I finally decided to start forking out money to Apple. I mean, great products, oh, well done, but Nick, but yeah. but greedy is all you know what. I mean, seriously, um, you you spend all that money on a phone or whatever a Mac, and then they want to charge you for storage. But anyway, so I'm doing it, but it seems I might not have enough because I've gone the 200 gig option, which is I right. think four bucks something a month, yeah. and all the photos on the Mac, it's coming up saying insufficient room still. So... Uh, oh,
0: fire, you must have some photos on well, there.
1: Well, I, I wouldn't have thought I had a lot. I mean, there's probably, I don't know, 10,000 maybe? Is that a lot?
0: <laughs> mom, well, have you turned the Mac storage on uh, on your iPhone as well?
1: Yeah, I don't know. How do I do that?
0: Uh, well, it should be backing up to iCloud. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Storage for that yeah. any photos on there, so it's syncing at the moment.
1: Mm, so, okay. You know, just...
0: Yeah, you've got too many photos.
1: Yeah, probably. Uh,
0: but what you should go and have a look at is videos on there. Yeah. Do you take many videos?
1: Oh, uh, not many, but there'd be a few. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Move the videos out of photos. Yeah. Right. And then see if it syncs again. I had somebody okay. the other week and they had a bad, I think it was about 30 gig of photos. Right. And where do oh, I. videos, I should say. Move them to another folder
1: so, on there. so s- they're
0: not going to be backed up to iCloud oh. but you're just moving them out of the photos because photos take up the most space
1: yeah yeah so if they're not going to be backed up well that's pointless well you can back them up somewhere else Matthew that's where you might just
0: you know if you don't want to pay more than the 449
1: yeah well I, I might have to so I mean that's you might, you might have to, I it's might the have to. Way.
0: it is the simplest way out yeah. of
1: it yeah it is uh, Sorry to break that too. Yeah, another know. cup of coffee. I know. Dollars. Well, I guess, yeah. I guess I have to open the wallet and the queen will blink at the light again. But anyway, um, <laughs> S- Senate uh, inquiry calls for government to wind up uh, the COVID safe app.
0: Can you believe this
1: is still going? Yeah, the COVID safe app. Has anyone used it since 2019 or 2020?
0: No, I don't think so. But mm. the, the government actually has no plan to discontinue the app. Mm. And this was at the Senate, despite. Um, the pandemic powers that initially governed it will soon come to an end. So as of October, the app had actually cost us more than $9 million. That's money well spent. Two, yeah, $2.77 million in Amazon web services, hosting costs. And the monthly cost to operate it sits in between $75,000 and but it's down from the $100,000 in early 2021. Mm. So it really, you know, Labor's calling it to cease all funding to it. You know what? I'd agree with them. It's a waste of time. Yeah. Nobody's using it. Yeah, that's and right. It hasn't caught anything.
1: Yep. Yeah, it hasn't even caught COVID. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, uh, Telstra rolls out uh, scam blocking technology. This will be welcome.
0: Oh, it is. Um, So, you know, they are Australia's largest telco and they haven't launched this. And it's been running now for just over a week. And I actually went back on my phone because I used to get quite a few of them and I actually haven't had a scam message in over a week now, Mm. which is, I think, great news. So what it does, it finds and blocks those scammy messages, which they're saying, you know, download, uh, click here because you've got a voicemail or you've got a parcel coming in. So it basically has blocked all of those and it's they're changing it all the time so that when the scammers try and send stuff down, it looks at suspicious links, it looks at bad wording on there, mm. um incorrect English. And occasionally if somebody does send a message through the network that it, it doesn't look that good, um it gets run through another system on there. So, you know, if you if you struggle you know, you might have been down the pub and you said something. It might, you might, might not have the message for a while, but they're just having a look at it just to make sure. But I think this is a really, really good thing. Mm. Believe it or not, you can actually opt out of it, and I don't know why anybody would opt out of it, but um, if you just Google it, uh, it'll come up with a phone number. You can call and turn it off if you want.
2: How
1: about but that? Why
0: would, you t- why would you turn it off?
1: Yeah, it's pre- no, exactly right, but it sounds pretty good. I agree. So how do you get it? How do you get it on your phone?
0: It's automatically on there right now.
1: Okay, all right. That's pretty good.
0: They put it out straight for everybody. There's no opt-in. It's it's just up and running right now, which I think is the way
1: it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, why would you opt out of that? Absolutely right. Um, Microsoft, they've been pumping out the news, but there's something that's taken you by surprise.
0: Yeah, they announced a thing which I thought was really good called Smart App Control. So it's a major enhancement to Windows 11, which actually prevents users from running malicious apps on their Windows devices. Yeah. And it, it will block untrusted or unsigned applications. Really, really good idea to go along and do that. Um, but they made an announcement saying it's going to be enabled by default on new Windows PCs in the future. Mm. Now... When they say enabled by default on new Windows PCs in the future, you have to dig around about this. So if you think that you've got Windows 11 on your computer at the moment, yeah. you're going to need to go along, believe it or not, factory reset your device, download a brand new copy of Windows 11 for this thing to be activated when it comes out, mm. which okay. is not great. That's a terrible, terrible solution to all of this instead of just implementing it, let it letting it go in. Because most people never, ever want to wipe their computer. They just want to keep it running. But a factory reset just to get this feature in, I, I just think it's an embarrassment to Microsoft to come out and say it, and I've never heard of this before.
1: Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Okay.
0: It's not why you're saying, you know, we need a new feature on your Mac, yeah. but to do it, you're going to have to back everything up, wipe the whole thing, download yeah. a new operating system, and reinstall it. No one's,
1: no one's going to do that.
0: No, nobody's going to do it. It's yeah. actually right. Nobody's going to do it on the window side either. Mm.
1: Yeah, crazy. All right. Um, embarrassing moment of the week. What's that?
0: Thought we'd do this just to finish up tonight. Yeah. So you're on Twitter, I'm on Twitter, it's yeah. where all the influencers, celebrities or even executives, you know, go along and put, put things up there. Um Microsoft again put an ad up during the week mm-hmm. that said, "This is how you go along and clean up your computer." And Microsoft are doing a really good thing doing this. If you looked very carefully at the photo, yeah. it was actually an iMac that <laughs> the girl was sitting behind at the time.
1: <laughs> that's great. That is sensational. That stayed is up there of...
0: for a day until it was pointed out to Microsoft, and they quickly pulled uh, it down.
1: So funny. So, Faye, yeah. how could you make that sort of error? But anyway, good on them. Hey, Faye yeah. has called in on that scam technology you mentioned. G'day, Faye.
3: Yes, good evening, boys. How are you going? Yeah, we're good. And good, Faye. Good. <laughs> um, I just wanted to know, what's the name of that scam technology you were talking about that Telstra's doing, and how how, how can one access it?
0: Are you, are you on Telstra, Faye?
3: Yes, I, I, my, my phone carrier is Telstra, for sure.
0: It's yeah. already activated for you right now, Faye.
3: Oh, is it? Okay. Yep. So it's only it's only f- for those whose phones are not with Telstra. Is that how I gather? No, no.
0: It's For every phone that's on the Telstra network, it's on there. It's not on the other networks at all. So no Optus, no Vodafone.
3: Oh, okay. Right. So, no, that's good to know that because I've been getting too many... Too many of them, like as with everybody else, and I've yep. also still got a number that, that on the phone that that I still can't get rid of. And I did a Google search on it, and um, it revealed it revealed to me from no one else, so I don't know where, which way to go.
0: <laughs> just uh, just ignore it, Faye.
3: Yeah. Well, that's what I'm doing, but yeah. I will persist. Like, you know, the old saying, this, what is it the person who gets the squeaky oil? Oh, something to do with it anyway, but <laughs> I've just ignored it so far. But I would prefer to be without it, it'd be mm. nice. But anyway, but I uh, thank you very much for that anyway.
1: Good on your face. Thank Thanks, you. Okay. Uh, which... One. one.
0: I was going to say, Matthew, one phone number I would like to ignore, so I actually rang back a missed number tonight to find out it was an election thing about my. how am I going to vote in the election. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't block those. They get they get special dispensation, don't they? The They do. do. It's so, unreal. Yeah. yeah. Good on you, Richard. Now, if people want to find you, Adelaide Tech Guy, where's the place to go? Head over to adelaidetechguy.com.au. We'll talk next week. Thank you. But thanks, Matthew. Richard Pascoe. 5AA Nights with Matthew Pantelis.